0: I woke up this morning on this Monday. I saw some people on the internet go, oh my gosh, WrestleMania backlash didn't even go over three hours. Are you kidding me? Would you shut the flub up? I do not want every single paper thing, yeah, premium live event to go like half my lifetime. One day I'm going to be dead and I don't want to look back on it and go man I watched the pe- nah, premium live event, premium live event, premium live event, premium live event. I would like some time to go and walk outside. Hello, my name is Simon What Culture. Thank you for joining me as always and thank you for allowing me to rant. But more importantly, we do have to take the finger of power, the temporary fist of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for Wrestlemania Backlash. And as a spoiler, it was okay. Right, okay, there were some weird glitches during the whole then now forever thingamajig at the start of Wrestlemania Backlash. And while I feel like this was just a segue into the opening video, it did make my eyebrow raise just a little bit for reasons we shall talk about later. I also like to stir the pot, so let's start stirring now. And otherwise, this WrestleMania backlash started off hot, whatever that means, because we were doing Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. And I tell you this, these two have a better chemistry with each other than I have had with actual women I have dated Just don't do anything wrong. When I had finished this too, I did a quick internet to see what everybody was saying about it. And as ever, it just broke down to, well, did you prefer this one? Or did you prefer the WrestleMania one? And here's my answer to it. I don't care. Sometimes ice cream can just be ice cream because you wanted some ice cream. The real joy was that Seth Rollins made his entrance first. and All the fans were going, whoa, whoa. And then as soon as he got in the ring... They just booed the ship out of him. I was like, man, we are mentally destroying this guy. <laughs> when Cody Rhodes arrived, he had a mega star reaction. The boy has done it. This all tied in too, because for weeks Rollins has been telling us the only reason I lost to Cody Rhodes in round one is because I wasn't ready for him. But this time, he'd had a bunch of time to prepare, so no matter what Cody Rhodes was doing, Seth Rollins was able to get out of it. This allowed him to smash Rhodes with a clothesline, and when he went for a disaster kick, Seth Rollins had it scouted and he pushed him to the floor. He then probably also went <laughs> that's just what he does. This is when they went nuts with sunset flips, superplexes, and just smashing the ship out of each other. and Cody got some revenge a few minutes later because he then pushed Seth Rollins onto the floor. I was like man I think we all forget that must suck. Cody also missed a crossbody, which also looked like it was no fun and then Seth Rollins went for a dive but he wasn't able to get that either and then from nowhere Cody hit the crossroads the referee went one and the referee went two and of course Seth Rollins kicks out Cody Rhodes loves the near fall when it comes to his finish but it must be working because it gets me every time Cody continues to tease the pedigree because he knows what he's doing but it didn't work at all and this is when Seth slammed him with the falcon arrow honestly for some reason Cody thought he should try for the disaster kick again. Seth Rollins was able to reverse this and he buckle-bobbed him and I sat there and I went holy shit. It was another great near fall because we got another crossroads but Seth got his foot on the ropes at the last second and then he was hitting a pedigree to also get a near fall. I'm not going to lie to you, where I had to go and lay down. Rollins then decided to mock Dusty Rhodes so Cody was like well you're not gonna do that and this is when WWE went WWE because Seth Rollins decided I have to win this I can't lose again because what the hell am I going to tell my kids when they grow up so he went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment the backwards but he also held the trunks so Cody O's reversed it he then went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment but he held the trunks because turnaround is fair play and he was able to get the win and go two to nothing over Seth. This was such a smart way to do it because you can continue on this story, but also Cody Rhodes hasn't lost, which should always be the way. And as ever, the shame is Dami Dami, We just does this finish way too much. When it works, it works. And this worked, make sure you watch this. It is getting it up. And then Omos defeated Bobby Lashley. Point the switch. Now I like Omos and I like Bobby Lashley and I think everything they did at Wrestlemania was really good but having them follow Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes was really silly because it also meant the fans were so quiet because they were worn out It was just so obvious what was going to happen here as well. I mean, why do the rematch if Omos isn't going to be victorious? So when you took all of this and put it in a package and then opened it, it was the exact present you were expecting. This also ties into the fact that Omos has recently gone with MVP. Because can you imagine that? Umvop's all like, oh OMOS, let me manage you. And OMOS like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And they get together and he just loses you would turn around and go, well if that was a waste of my time, go away. MVP also kept distracting here because that's what a WWE manager does. But well, Bobby Lashley did have a good plan, he was like, well you're really big, you're really massive, so I'm going to tie you in the ropes. And given that he was basically in his own prison, Bob was then like, ha ha, now I'm gonna go kick MVP's ass as ever and I stand here and I cross everything, I want that match at SummerSlam. This of course was really dumb because Lashley left Omos all by himself so he did get free and then MVP hit Bobby Lashley with the cane, Omos got the tree slam, one, two, three, I mean you probably could have predicted this beforehand and I do not think it was bad, I think Omos gets a hard time but it just did not work where it's placed and he's got to get it down. Edge versus AJ Styles though I'm so excited I'm doing Conductor Heads and sure a big part of this is because I predicted what was going to happen so I felt like a proud panda but also it just makes total sense especially when it comes to this judgement day group now there is definitely something there but at the moment it hasn't been clicking so a really good idea to try and fix that is to add people to it but also how annoying is this sometimes we do get a brand new group in wrestling but we don't add women characters to it and it's like you know we can have women men and women in the same like vicinity Finally, WWE, or my likely Edge, made sure this happened. We will get to that in a little bit though, because before that, Edge and AJ Styles had a really good match which was built around the fact that one, Damien Priest was banned from ringside, and I'll talk about that in one second, but also two, Over the last few weeks, Judgment Day have hurt AJ Styles' shoulder, so how the hell is he going to win? The real extra sauce here, though, was as soon as the bell went ding, 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 AJ just ran at Edge, because of course he would do that. Imagine he had gone from a lockup. You would have rang up Styles and said, what are you doing? You hate this guy, beat him up. And even grabbed Edge's head at one point and just ran it over and over again into Alan the announce table. And he had so much offense, he thought, well, why don't I go for the phenomenal forearm? Very sadly, the Rated R Superstar knew the match had to go longer, so he cut him off, and he went after the shoulder. (laughs) They still managed to fight on the top rope where AJ Styles hit a Rana, and I swear this tussle at the top is becoming the in-thing in wrestling right now, and also somebody should use that for a pay-per-view name. But when they were scrapping back in the ring, Edge went to grab the middle ring post and he pulled off the turnbuckle. Now what I really liked here is seconds later his head went into the thing but it didn't cause the finish, it was like a red herring. This also allowed AJ Styles to hit the Styles Clash but he only got a two count so once again he decided to go for the normal forearm but he wasn't able to do it because he was like we my shoulder. WWE then did have to go WWE because Damian Priest just walked out to the ring and the excuse was, well actually. I'm in the aisle way and I'm not a ringside. And I was like, that is absolute pants. That is absolute crap. That's like me telling people I'm not bald, I just don't have much hair. Sometimes you just have to see things for what they are. Don't crap all over your stipulations because otherwise nerds like me will never believe them again. Let's go to get it down. Thankfully, Finn Balor did come down to twonk this fall and actually hit him at the ringside area. So the match should have been thrown out. And this is when we went all sports entertainment because there was so much fracas and there was so much carnage. A hooded figure got in the ring, basically kind of attacked AJ Styles. That allowed Edge to lock in the crossface. AJ Styles had nowhere else to go and he passed out and edged one. Afterwards, they all got in the ring, and just as this person was unmasking, I was like, please be Rhea Ripley, please be Rhea Ripley, please be Rhea Ripley. Then it was flipping Dana Brooke. <laughs> Couldn't even keep a straight face. It wasn't, it was Rhea Ripley. But I think this is very exciting, and as I just said, exactly what this group needs. I mean, Rhea Ripley looked like she could absolutely kick your ass. Edge looks like some kind of demon, and Damien Priest has his own. Well know, he just looks kind of cool, but don't worry about it. But all these three together, plus maybe one more, it's got me all intrigued, and I am giving it up. As was Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair in an I quit match. Now my issue going into this is that both guys are really good but the feud just hasn't been clicking. That's nobody's fault, sometimes you try something and it doesn't work. But what they did do here is decide, well, the programme is ending on this evening, at least for a little while. Let's absolutely ruin each other, and my word they did. Thankfully once again they didn't lock up to start because we've already been told they hate each other. Essentially, they just got weapon after weapon after weapon and hit the other person as hard as they could. Then someone got a microphone because obviously you literally have to say, I quit. And that basically went like this, I don't quit, bitch. I don't quit, bitch. And as we know, if you say bitch in wrestling, things are super serious. There was also this German suplex in the early going where Charlotte dropped Ronda Rousey right on her head and then she got her and threw her into Barry Barricade. And that's it, I'm going to wake Char tomorrow, because that guy deserves a raise. I think after that was the first time when someone said, Ronda, do you quit? Of course she said no. Imagine she just gone, yeah, I do actually, I want to go home and play Nintendo. This is where we got the kendo sticks Rousey was just whacking the absolute crap out of Charlotte Flair. And the Queen even got a camera at one point and threw it at Ronda. Now Rousey got out of the way, but I was like, look, flying through the sky. That's got to be at least $10,000. They then started brawling all over the place, which was really fun, especially because drinks were being thrown into people's faces, and they were using the railing in odd ways. And we even got a power bomb into Barry Barricade, so once again, can somebody please give this person a raise? They eventually took this double fall to the floor, and I was like, that's it, they're both going to give up. And it was at this stage when Pat McAfee saw a fan in the crowd dressed like The Fiend, and he referenced it. Now this is just me being a massive geek and a massive nerd, but we talked about those glitches at the start and now we're talking about Bray Wyatt again. I mean, I know it's not true, but I told you, stir the pot. Eventually a chair did get involved, mostly because we'd use everything other than the kitchen sink. And it looked like Charlotte was going to use it at first because she said, I'm going to make you quit. Happy Mother's Day. This made everyone go, oh my gosh. I was like, really? Is it that big an insult? But instead she took too long. Ronda Rousey was able to apply the armbar with the chair in the middle, which did look horrific, Charlotte Flair had to say I quit, Ronda Rousey is your new champion, this is exactly what it needed to be, and it's getting up. WWE also played this like Charlotte has broken her arm or her back or something for real, so she is going to be out for a while, and according to the rumour mill, she's going to get married, so congratulations to her, so let's set up a big programme for Ronda Rousey, make her a dominant champion, thought all this was very good. We do have to talk about the fact that before this match, the ring announcer did go... The following is an I quit match where you actually have to say I quit. Gets a round of applause. That's the best thing i ever heard in my life. And then Mad Moss beat Happy Corbin. I mean, good. If we had done anything else, that would have been really stupid. I mean, this really has been one of the simplest and smartest stories in WWE for ages because they knew what they wanted to do and they just did it. And yeah, as ever, WWE had to do that thing where Corbin beat the living hell out of Mad Cat Moss because Moss was going to win But you can't get mad at this now. Going into World Wrestling Entertainment, you know what they're going to do. So when they slap you, you have to expect the slap. It couldn't have gone more than 10 minutes. And there's always some people are going, well, it should have just happened on SmackDown. But no, don't do that. If you do it on a premium live event, it just feels more important. And when Corbin went for one of his round the ring post clotheslines things, Mad Cat Moss move, he hit a sunset flip. Oh, the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he got the one, two, three. Now, when I do this, the comments goes crazy. That doesn't count as a surprise roll up. Yes, it does. Don't you question my rules. Though so I do stand by the fact that wrestling in general is just using this finish way too much. I mean, we had two on this show. We probably could have just hit the punchline and won. But I can't get mad at this. I think these two are working well together and we're trying to build a new star. That works for me and it's getting it up. We got two adverts for Money in the Bank and Helena in a Cell here. So get ready for some stipulations. And around about this time, we were also told about Charlotte Flair's arm. And we had this Bianca Belair video. They basically said Bianca Belair is really flaming good and cheap. Incredibly, we were then at our main event, and please, for the love of everything, stop complaining about sub-three-hour premium live events, because this thing flew by, and it was the six-man tag, and while I was still very upset we got rid of the unification title thingamajig, I thought this rocked. And it needed to be fire, because there was no stakes here whatsoever. Like an old woman could have just walked out and rolled up Roman Reigns with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and all she would have gotten was a tick in the victory column in the record book, so we had to surround this by action, honestly. All of these men are just very good professional wrestlers. I mean, Randy Orton is just silly over at the moment to the point even when he poked Jimmy Uso in the eye, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, he poked him in the eye!" And when Drew McIntyre was in there throwing some Usos around, he pointed at Roman Reigns. I guess because he wants to fight him. Paul Heyman was like, "No, don't do it, my tribal chief. You don't need to." But Roman did tag in. Then about eight seconds later, he tagged out. Everyone booed him. He This meant Riddle got in there and of course he was the sacrificial lamb for a while as the bloodline just beat the crap out of him. But it also meant Roman Reigns could get back in there to do some damage. And yes, once again, he continues to hit rock bottoms. I don't think that's a coincidence. This was a cool little subplot, though, because Riddle's main job all of a sudden became to take out the Usos so that he could tag in Drew McIntyre and then Roman would have no choice but to face Drew and that's exactly what happened. And Clearly, WWE are onto something here because when they were looking at each other, all the fans went nuts. Drew murked in for a little bit before Jimmy and Jay were back and that allowed Reigns to hit the Superman punch. But this is when we got to the Randy on Hot Tag and I tell you, there will be scientists at WWE HQ now now, trying to bottle this so they can sell it at the merchandise stand. I don't know what he's done recently, but he's just got so much love and he's got so much passion, and he's got so much drive, weird thing to describe it, but it's just really good. The tag klaxon then went, off, oh, huh? and everybody was hitting their moves, including Roman Reigns getting RKO'd by Randy Orton, and thankfully it was at this juncture when someone decided, well, we need to give Riddle something. So he got the slightly warm tag and took out Jay as well as Roman Reigns, and <laughs> it was just near fall, near fall, in the ring, out the ring, up, down, left, right. I was like on a roller coaster. From there, poof, I mean, Randy got Superman punched, I think Drew threw Roman Reigns into Rita the ring post, and then he was going to throw him to Alan the announce table, but Roman Reigns was able to reverse that, and he got rock bottom through it instead. We then went back into the squared circle, and once again, Jay Uso and Riddle were tussling at the top. I told you this was the in thing when it comes to wrestling. And Riddle slammed him with an RKO, an avalanche RKO, I guess you'd call it, and just when it looked like he was about to win, in flew Roman Reigns. He speared the former Matthew, he got the one. And yes, I do admit it, for the 94,782nd time, it did have a WWE event end with the bloodline standing tall. And really, you should have had Drew McIntyre pin Roman Reigns here to set up their feud. But when something is this entertaining, I don't even care, man. I had a great time. This was a fun thing to watch on a Monday morning, and I'm giving it up.